Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Joining me, you know him from the Confederacy of Dunks. I know him as my friend first and uh, the Pickup WNBA podcast co-host the second. It's Freddie Rivas. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here with me. I can I could not think of anyone better after such a brutal Raptors loss. Uh, we're gonna get into all of that, react to some of the uh, playing games that have happened so far. We're we are recording this Thursday night, um, so we don't have all the playing games done, and then we'll you know we'll get into some playoff predictions here. So typically, I do the NBA first and the Raptors second. But after everything that happened last night, and it is the end of our uh, season, I just feel like we got to get this out of the way. So the Raptors lost uh, to the Chicago Bulls last night in pretty, um, I want to say, like iconic, in a very iconic way. Like we were up by 19. We blew this lead. We had a historic uh, low free throw shooting night. And then we have DeMar DeRozan's daughter screaming at every single free throw. And then the whole team pretending that uh, it didn't affect them. Well, not maybe not everyone pretending, but most pretending that it didn't fully affect them. Really a wild night. I felt um, pretty stunned by the end of it. I thought we really had this game. And suddenly it was just like, in the third, fourth quarter, we literally forgot how to pass the ball in addition to not hitting these free throws. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was disappointing. Freddie, how, how are you feeling as it was unfolding? Um, yeah, it's like a part of me wants to be like, oh, my God, it was like this like horrific experience. It was like a slow horror show. Uh, but go I, I was, on. No, I'm kidding. But, I'm just like know, forcing uh, you into that corner. I'm just no, kidding. Force, but I, I was watching that game, you know, with a bunch of people. And even when our lead was 19 or whatever the highest uh, lead was, you know, I, I, I said out loud, I wasn't the only one that was sort of like, this is like absolutely not a safe lead. The Raptors can easily go five, six, seven minutes in a row without like hitting a bucket. Um, and yeah, as you know, sure enough, it happened. And I, and I think this is like, I had lunch with my mom today. Shout out King taco. Great tacos. Um, but <laughs> I thought you were going to say shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom. Um, that's, I mean, I'm really shouting out cause she was just like saying how this was so perfect for the Raptors this season. Like this loss. It was, really... a per- it was the perfect heartbreaking ending to a brutal season. And, and, it, and it, I mean, you know, it epitomized what the Raptors are that are, you know, were this year, lots mm-hmm. of promise, you know, um, lots of talent, the, the, the starting lineup kind of overwhelming the other opponent uh, at times uh, lots of, like, you know, just, just lots of good stuff. Uh you know, I, I think all five of their of the starters, you know, showed up in ways. Obviously, they, you know, there's there's things that they did poorly. Um, the bench didn't do much. The bench also wasn't trusted. Um, and yeah, they they found a kind of a new spectacular way to lose. And this Raptors team, you know, like there's that saying where you know good teams find a way to win. And this Raptors team is not a good team. And it, it routinely found ways to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously we're eulogizing now. I think we we were looking at a long summer, probably a fun, wild summer of stuff that's going to happen. But uh, 
we're here. The Raptors are out of the playoffs uh, and the season's over and we'll be looking forward to the draft, uh, you know, pro-am games and shit. Rico Hines, who gets re-signed. Uh, and yeah, I definitely think the energy is going to be very different coming into next season um, compared to what it was this year, right? Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think Fred and his you know, in his post game talked about the team needing a, a new identity and, and a new identity is a nice soft way of saying change. Yeah. So we're going to see change. And I think like, I mean, I didn't want to get too ahead of myself there. I mean, first of all, shout out to DeMar DeRozan's daughter. Yeah. I, I just saw, I was just showing a, uh... Uh, my, my my partner Caitlin that uh like the screams, and then I saw this fun graph of like uh you know like whatever like uh Dr. DeRozan MVP thirty six screams, and <laughs> she got her own highlight reel. It, it was like it just and the ESPN broadcast was showing the split screen of us hitting a free throw in her, which is like no one who listens to this podcast also watched the View, but that's why Rosie O'Donnell quit because they did a split screen with her and Elizabeth Hasselbeck or whatever. And then she was like, I'm out. Split screens are controversial. Wow. It's a reference. No one here will, will appreciate, but for the one person who does, for the one person who does like, yeah, the view started it. Wow. But anyway, yeah, Um, the the split screen was controversial only because I'm a Raptors fan. I mean, it's actually super funny and hilarious. And like, I, I know people were like getting mad at her, but at first I was like, what is that scream? And then Hilarious. I was like, I'm actually in love with her. Listen, sports are supposed to be fun and funny and weird. And that kind of, I live for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Did, did it suck? Did it affect us? And, you know, yeah, to your point earlier, all the Raptors were like, yeah, you know, it didn't like affect us, whatever. Scotty was the only one who was like, yeah, yeah, she was screaming so loud. Um, <laughs> we shot 18 from 36. I'm pretty sure it affected us. Yeah, like, it and definitely. Also, it affected us in a major way. Um, yeah, Scotty so was the was only funny. one who really admitted it. But also, too, like, they know her. Yeah. Like, they and- know DR. They've seen her grow up. They're, like, best friends with Damar. They probably see her in the summer times. I mean, to me, that makes it even more savage, is that, yeah, like, she knows these guys. And it's oh still, like, going at it, which is so funny. Yeah, like, you know, they've watched her grow, grow up, and she's like, I'm grown up, and I hate you. Um, and I'm exacting <laughs> revenge on behalf of my father. Um, it's, it's amazing, like... And then for her not to travel to Miami and then using like school as an excuse. And you're just like, come on, Damar, don't make it that obvious that it was personal. Don't make it that obvious. I also feel like Damar, you know, whether, you know, if we, if we were to have one, like for Damar and Damar, was going to be personal. You know what I mean? Like, I think he clearly really cared about this game. And yeah, that's, that's pretty obvious. I also think one thing, you know, the, the Twitter part of this was so funny because a lot of people that I was seeing, like, first of all, I got like five texts being like, are you hearing about all this screaming? So there was like this, like a long while. I saw lots of tweets talking about the screaming before realized it was DeRozan before people realized it was DeRozan's daughter. So like Mm -hmm. that already is great. Um, like that sort of developing storyline. And then, oh shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, something about, something about the Twitter, Twitter part of it. And then they didn't realize it was her. And then they did realize it was her. Ah, I lost it. There, That's okay. Yeah. There, but you know, whatever it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good arc. Like I really appreciated that, that she was a, like a huge part of this game. Oh, oh sorry. I know what I was going to say. Got it. Um, I saw a lot of tweets saying that, you know, uh, these players are professional. Uh, if they were to play on the road, everyone would be yelling at them. It's like, yeah, they're all used to that. They're all used to being on the road where the whole audience yells at them. What they're not used to is being at home and everyone's quiet, except one person who has really, really good seats. 
uh, and just <laughs> yeah. shrieking extremely loud. And it's someone they know. And yeah. it's someone they know. It's like, imagine like golfing or something, and then you're right about to swing, and like someone blows it, like, you know, jackass style, like they bust out an air horn right before you swing. Like, it's it's that type of level. Like, like it was, you know, they don't do that to each other in practice. They don't, like, it's not something they, like, they've worked out. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a, a shrieking person, you know, very close. Anyways, shout out to her. She killed it undefeated one for one um absolutely i i also think like i know this game in a weird messed up way was a kind of a microcosm of the season but it was really disappointing to see these players go out like this and like Mm -hmm. to to actually miss all those free throws and like at the end for siakam to only hit one out of those three painful especially considering the night before we saw mike conley hit three for three in actually a more intense situation but i i mean it is so brutal and i wonder to what degree did they just want this to be over you know what i mean like i'm sure they wanted it in the moment but then there's also just this part of me that's like maybe they just really wanted this to be over like you know what i mean like i I just felt like they weren't fighting for it in the same way Mm -hmm. i could be wrong people are gonna get mad at me in the comments but I don't no, know. I, I mean, I, I think so much is made up, uh, made of like, you know, whether it's LeBron or James Harden of, you know, uh, a, a guy like mailing it in or an athlete sort of like quitting. And yeah, and I'm not suggesting they quit. No, no, I know. But I mean, I think mental defeat is real. Right? Yeah. And I think we all saw the offense stagnate. Um, you know, how many times, <clears throat> how many times, you know, w- watching that third quarter when Levine started to cook, you know, first is a couple possessions of of Scotty guarding him way too close, you know, which is the game plan and Levine blowing by him every time. Then it's Fred guarding Levine too close uh, and getting blown by every time. And then Levine started to feel it. And he was like, oh, they're they're going to guard me at the half, basically the half court. So as long as I can get downhill they're they're kind of, in, you know, they're in trouble. I don't and even then- recall to what degree he was double teamed. Like at one point, do you I think we're consider mostly like, double teaming DeRozan? But he he might have been double teamed a couple of times. I'm sure. But at one point, when you're like, "Wow, this guy has like 30 points in the second half," like you know what I mean? Like when you get to a point and you're just like, "Hey, maybe we should just like double team Zach Levine because he's actually super hot right now, and let's take that chance." Yeah, and like you know, I think a lot of people deserve blame uh, in the game, um, but I think. Yeah, I don't want to bury any any future topics, but I think a big I, – I mean, I, I've sort of been – I've had is- issues with Nurse for a long time. And I think that this game is a good example. So uh, the Raptors didn't have one bench player that played more than 20 minutes. Uh, and, you know, you heard Jack on the broadcast say earlier on, like, Chicago's playing their bench. Uh, is Chicago's bench amazing? No. But they played them. And they had two players who played over 20 minutes, uh, Pat Williams and Kobe White. Uh, And the Raptors didn't play their bench. And in typical Raptors fashion, fourth quarter comes around. And the starters, which had been playing great, were gassed. So they stopped moving the ball. The the defense is looser. And things break down. And then uh, then they they totally lose momentum. Uh, And I think that's just, it's like, you know, Siakam led the league in minutes again this year. Uh, and it's sort of like, it's just, it's, it's just not a thing that's sustainable. Like it's not a thing that works and, uh, and it's not a new thing for me to say. And yeah, this game, you saw it, you saw it happen, right? Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. And I think we all know Nick nurse is, is finished with the Raptors. Like it, you know, it's, it's all been said. I do think, However, in addition to that, I've been really frustrated with the roster construction of this yeah, team this year sure. and even probably even last year to some degree. Like for like, um, first of all, imagine if we had Jakob Pertl at the beginning of the season, which is a trade we could have done, you know, but didn't do. And th- I've I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I've never been a fan of this whole six foot nine vision. Um, I think it's fairly stupid. Uh, I don't think it works. And even like in last night's game, it's like 
they put Vucevic on Fred and he was just stuck, you know, and there was no one able to like set a screen for him or to, you know, open him up. And it's like, well, as long as a team can do that, then how does this make any sense? And as long as you have big guys in the league, you're going to need people who can match up with them size wise, like a Jakob Pertle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't have to be like a prolific scorer or something, but they have to be able to match up defensively on some level. And we just haven't had that. And so that's been really frustrating. And I do think our bench has been frustrating, even though, of course, they haven't had enough minutes. But like somebody like Precious Achua, who I know people really love, has been really inconsistent since he's been a part of this team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's been very inconsistent for two full seasons now. You know, so what do you do with that? Um, I love Gary Trent Jr. He was very cold last night, but I don't think that's a reflection of who he is, but it just was unfortunate. I think Boucher is who he is. He has had some growth over the last few years, but I think this is who he is. And, you know, Scotty Barnes talked about uh, in his closing presser about having to work on his conditioning, which is promising to hear him say. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know, this is a maybe a bigger philosophical topic, but I really feel like the Toronto Raptors organization took too much credit for the development of young players years ago. And now we're like, hey, where is all this development? Like we have such high expectations for yep. player development that I don't think are actually realistic in hindsight. Not to say I never felt that way, but I think like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet are like special guys who Mm -hmm. really put in the work. And then the Raptors were like, we're an organization that develops players. And it's like, okay, well, who have we developed in the last four years? You know what I mean? Like, it's not really an organization thing. I think a lot of it is an individual player thing. And And the Raptors organization just took way too much credit for it led us to believe that this was like a culture thing that they do. And I don't think that that's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think it's really fair. I feel like individual accomplishments, um, you know, franchises often take credit for, right. You know, and it's Mm -hmm. sort of the, 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 the personal work that people put in, you know, I think we've seen that firsthand with this, this sort of notion that the Raptors are a place that, you know, where they take athletes and turn them into shooters. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've seen people, you know, take steps back uh, in, in shooting this year. Right. Um, Precious, Scotty, Pascal, mm-hmm. Fred, um, OG ended up uh, uh, having a, a really good, strong uh, three point shooting season. But yeah, like I think, you know, it's, it's a major thing. I mean, I guess I'll sort of push back and as, as I feel like this is, uh, this is a rough time and people are upset. So there's a bit of like a baby with the bathwater energy, as far as it comes to like GM organizational stuff. Like I do think that, um, yeah, you know, as far as like, you know, it's, it's not so much like excuses, but there are reasons for the way that things went down post championship. And I feel like there is a tendency to say that, you know, to sort of like, reframe what happened that led to the championship as kind of like a fluke and like this thing that wasn't culture and wasn't development and wasn't, you know, all of these things coming together. Well, I'm not claiming it was a fluke. No, I know. I I mean, like, I just feel like there, I've seen a lot of that sort of like Mm. online, this idea that it's like, you know, wait a second, like, was it like, you know, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too, as far as like, I've done a lot of reframing of like how, how much of an accomplishment was Nurse's championship? You know, sort of like, in, like following the the post championship years, right? Um, and I think when you're losing, you're searching for answers. And the the, the development thing is really true. You know, I, I do think that people take away the individual work ethic of a particular guy, and it's fitting that we started this with DeRozan because I think DeRozan was a major, major building block of this franchise as far as like setting the tone for how to be professional and how to work hard. And, you know, that's, that's not there anymore. You know, Fred said, said that as well. Like the, the, this, this idea, uh, and this is something I'm guilty of as well. This idea of kind of like championship osmosis is not, is not true enough. Like we, you know, it just hasn't panned out like that. 
So whether it's Kyle, whether it's Dwayne Casey, whether it's DeRozan, Kawhi, Marcus Ole, whatever, the championship year ultimately it was it was an, an accumulation of a time, but ultimately it was one year. It was one season. So, you know, we're now what, three, four years out. And there's still this feeling of like, well, you know, like Fred, Boucher, OG, Pascal, Nick, they're all champions. It's like, sure, but we're not seeing that. Like, that's not this team. This team is closer to what happened in Chicago. Yeah, I think like the way I would sum up this season, you know, and I was kind of doing this earlier in the year, but it's it's the Spider-Man meme. You know what I mean? You've got the you've got the players, you've got the coaching staff, and you've got the front office. They're all pointing the finger at each other, and honestly, yeah. they all and they all sure. have a point. They all have a valid point. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not like one person is to blame. They, I feel like it's across the board, and that there needs to be some accountability. Now there's a lot of nuance into what percentage that accountability actually is, but truly it is across the board. Obviously coaches are the fall guy for that. Rightfully. Mm -hmm. So they just are. And star Um, players. And star players, but you typically like like the Fred hate this year has been pretty The Fred hate's been pretty big. I mean, even earlier in the year when we had so much like blow it up talk, Mm -hmm. like just so much blow it up talk that didn't happen. You know, I did think to myself, like, usually you do fire a coach before you blow up a team. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, it's so, like yeah, it's, message. Sorry. yeah, it's so rare that you would keep the same coach and blow up a team. I mean, look at the Hawks right now. Right. Like they, they got rid of Nate McMillan. They have, tr- they're trying it with Quinn Snyder, mm-hmm. but there's still rumors that they could potentially trade Trey Young. Right. Um, or Brooklyn the, with Jacques Vaughn. Brooklyn with Jacques Vaughn. Yeah. Like they fired they Steve Nash and then tried it with Jacques Vaughn. So usually there is some kind of transition period. Although with this team, I think like they've had a few years now. I mean, this, I mean, if you count the Tampa season, it would be three seasons um, mm-hmm. with this squad. Um, you know, obviously Kyle was part of the Tampa season, but like, I don't know. They kind of shut him down early and it was what it was. So two full, full seasons, if we're being technical with this squad. I mean, I personally love these guys, but I don't think this is working. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think here's a good question for you, Freddie? Do you think Nick Nurse or sorry, you know, Nick Nurse leaves and another coach comes in, not saying who that is. Do you think another coach will actually just like fix everything? It's a good question. I I don't think they'll fix everything, but I think that it's sort of like, you know, you know, it's a really good point as far as like firing the coach before blowing up the team, because I think a part of that is sort of, you know, Nick nurse has lost the team period, end of story. And he's easier to move than any other particular player. So, you know, Getting Pirtle helped. Did it fix everything? No. Do we still need shooters? Yes. Um, did Masai make a you know a sort of a, a bunch of moves that haven't panned out? Whether it's Otto or whatever Aaron Baines or you know mm-hmm. Malachi or the uh, what's um oh, who am I, who am I forgetting who uh who who ended up trading to the Kings uh, Terrence Davis like you, oh, you know right. I think there's all these these all these things that have like happened that have, that have been negative. Um, But I do think, you know, you have a new coach and you kind of get more data on your team. Right. You know, and also I think for me, an important part of the, the sort of like, let's make a change narrative should be where do you think all of the players are now and where are they heading? And, you know, sort of back to your Spider-Man meme thing, which I think is perfect because there is enough blame to go around and it's fair. I, I, I really feel like if, if I were to sum up this year's negative aura, it's, it's chemistry. I think there's, there's not a lot mm-hmm. of chemistry between the front office and the coach. There's not a lot of chemistry between the bench and the starters. Uh, early on, I think there was not a lot of chemistry with Fred and Scotty, although I think that really did improve as the year went along. 
Um, and I think that, yeah, like it's, it's, you know, and uh, everyone said this, but this team is less than the sum of its parts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how do you value those parts? I think you need to know that before making decisions on them. And back to the trade deadline, I bet you, you know, Masai and Bobby, they're writing a lot of that shit down. You know, what were people offering for Fred? What were people offering for OG? You know, what is their value across the league? And they're going to take that into the summer. Right. They absolutely are. But also, like, these offers can change. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Yeah, if they you, get worse or better. Yeah, like, especially if you sit on them for too long. Like, you know, I remember back in, like, December. I want to say December, January, when, like, Zach Lowe was talking about how like OG Ananobi could get a quote Donovan Mitchell like return. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, if that's the case, don't you make that trade? Because OG is like not an Mm all-star, but maybe that wasn't even true because all the blow it up rumors that circulated us for easily two months didn't end up being true either. So, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to filter through, right? Was, was like how real was KD for Scotty Barnes? Like maybe it was not real at all, but you know, it's, it's, that's sort of even, even, you know, there was sharp and a first round for OG um, uh, before the season started. Right. Mm -hmm, There was mm -hmm. sort of like the OG is OG's role big enough um, talk before the year began. So, yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's gonna be a wild summer. It's gonna be a wild summer. And yeah, I, yeah. I am really like I know everyone knows that like I'm a huge Nick Nurse fan, but I'm also not blind. So <laughs> you know, take that into consideration. I am really looking forward to seeing what this team will look like with a new coach, but I'm also there's a part of me that is a little exhausted of this team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Look, having Acapurto for a full season, I think we could be, you know, seventh, eighth in the league. Now, granted, who knows what's going to happen to the rest of the Eastern Conference? I mean, let's be real. Miami, not happy. Atlanta, not happy. Chicago, maybe they're a little more happy than they should be. You know what I mean? Like, and Miami and Chicago, old, old cores as well. Yeah, like there's a lot of Eastern Conference teams that are in a bit of turmoil right now Mm -hmm. that could also be considering blowing it up or making other big moves this summer. Like it's certainly not just the Raptors, and that's going to also factor into everything Um, because the the league's been so wide open that I think a lot of teams are going to get frustrated and they're going to choose to bend or break. And th- there might be teams that get better too, right? Like, you know, what what does de- de- does Detroit break through next year? Is, you know, Orlando showed a lot, right? Mm-hmm, can can mm-hmm. they sort of make a move? You know what I mean? Like there's been, you know, Fred Van Vliet rumors to Orlando. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be wild. And, and I think the frustration with this core is, is fair, right? Like, you know, yeah. they if they've proven anything to the fan base – it's that they're like very, you know, middle of the pack, like if that, um, you know, so you sort of take what you had last year and that that run they made to the fifth seed, mm-hmm. you know, through some injured teams, by the way. Right. So like, you know, or Chicago got injured at the wrong time. Cleveland yeah. got injured at the wrong time. Um New York was bad, right? And, you know, is New York as good as they were this year going forward? Like, that's another question, right? Like, there's not a lot of certainties. And, I mean, I, I feel like I'm probably jumping around too much here, but I think one of the things you really need to know if you're this franchise is if you're keeping a 30-year-old Pascal, a 30-year-old Fred, how fast do you think Scotty is going to develop? Mm-hmm. That's That, to me, is like one of the bigger questions around, you know, is Scotty year three remarkably better, remarkably better than Scotty year two. I, I, I would hazard a guess that yes, he is. And I think that Scotty year three or four is going to start to get very, very special. Um, But yeah, you know, do you want him with those guys? I don't know. Do they like each other? Like, I think, 
it's hard to it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Um, Fred, Gary Trent Jr., and Yaka Pertle are free agents this summer. Yep. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot to a see. Lot. Yeah. Uh, it is a lot. Um, Freddie, let's move on, I guess, and talk about the rest of the NBA here for a bit. Sure. Um, how do I want to start? So we had, okay, do we want to recap the other playing games? How do you feel? Sure. Yeah, let's do this it. This is a very free flowing uh, episode yeah, this week. We're vibing, you know? Oh, yeah. As, as we do. Um, let's talk about Lakers and the Timberwolves. So the Lakers won uh, their playing game to clinch the seventh seed against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, okay, here. Okay, this is going to be my question for you. I feel like I am surrounded, surrounded by people who are big believers in the Lakers Mm -hmm. and I can't get behind them. I just can't. I think, yes, they made some great uh, trade deadline moves that improved their team significantly. uh, No question. But when it really comes down to it, I just feel like this team is inconsistent. They're sloppy. I mean, my God, that Timberwolves game, I mean, fouling Mike Conley on that shot. I I mean, just like the whole thing was ridiculous. And yes, they won the game, but it's also like when you look at how they won, I'm just like, that's not a championship team. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you. And I'll even add to that. I think people are wildly low on Memphis. Uh, yeah. They've, they've had a lot of drama this year, obviously. Um, but that team's stacked. They're so talented. Steven Adams is a big loss, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if if any other outcome than Memphis beating the crap out of L.A. happens, uh, I'll be shocked. Yeah. To be honest. Like, I think, I mean, I guess because of LeBron, and it is LeBron, uh, you know, who yeah i've i've watched in lebron's entire career like mm-hmm. he i'm a, i'm a witness i'm a lebron fan i love lebron and he's shocked me and amazed me so many times so i you know i he because it's him i think in that sense anything's possible but yeah like when you take it back it's like reeves rui Hachimura. it's like you start to be like wait a second like this lakers team has way less talent than this Memphis team. Um, yeah. Straight up. like, and, and you want to talk about roster construction. This this Lakers team is a, is a disaster of a roster construction compared to Memphis, which is, you know, built really well. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the Memphis, I think there's this sort of this idea that like they're – I, I see Memphis as a team that that has had their their their, their playoff wounds already. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't think they're gonna hit the first round and be stunned by anything. Um, uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like this is a team that has paid their dues in the playoffs, and they feel poised to make a big run. I mean, yeah. yes, they have had you know some drama this season, but a lot of that's been off the court drama. And doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how they play basketball. Um, well, except for Dylan Brooks, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, I mean, this game, like this team has still been able to win despite Dylan Brooks being a little too chaotic at times. But I, yeah, I just, I feel like they're poised to make a big run. And I just, I don't know why everyone is such a biased Lakers fan. I guess it is because of LeBron and because like, you know, we have seen him amaze us so many times. And, you know, I definitely wouldn't call it a sweep by any means. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I still believe in the Grizzlies, even though I've been very critical of them all year. I've referred to them as frat boys. Um, but I believe in them to get out of the first round. Yeah, you know, uh, their first entry into the playoffs, lost in the first round. Then they lost in uh, the second round. And I think they've just been getting better every year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I love to sort of like poke at the glamour markets. And I think that that can never be lost in this conversation. If you're the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Nets, uh, or the Heat, 
you get a lot of attention, you get a lot of love, and you get, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, like favorable analysis. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, do you have any thoughts about this uh, OKC Timberwolves game? Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I think it's going to be a blast. I, I don't know what's going. So is Gobert going to play like the Timberwolves? Yeah, that's like, a huge oh question God. mark. Yeah. Like, and and McDaniels. Do they want him to play? Yeah. Do they want do they him to even play? want him to play? Because so they weird. almost won without him. Yeah. I mean, I love Mike Conley. Somebody rescue him, please. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to see um, the Thunder in a competitive scenario. Obviously, I love Shea. Um, Giddy was a delight to watch mm-hmm. uh, the other night. It was like absolutely fantastic. I'm not all the way on the train. Like I've, I'm also seeing a lot of sort of like Twitter energy where it's like, look, everyone was ragging on the thunder and they turned it around. It's like, take it easy. They're in the play. In. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like no one that's in the play in gets a lot of love. Yeah. Um, but like, Hey man, if they make it and they do some damage in the first round, then, you know, I'm, I'm willing to change my tune, but well, it's yeah. good. It's good for Shea's career and for the it's career great. of young players to have this level of competitive game experience because you know, I'm very critical of people like like a Carl Anthony Towns, but it's not his fault personally. Like just the Timberwolves as a whole team, it's like you just go so many years without playoff experience, and it's like it hurts you. You know, and I was like kind of worried that OKC was going to be that team, but they're, I think they're poised to make like a pretty healthy run next season, especially with Chet Holgram being back, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. So, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're tanking years or, or over. And that's really good for Shay and Lou Dor and that whole squad. And I'm very happy for them. On the flip side, the Pelicans very sad disappointing year i mean talk about a heartbreaking season yeah. for your fan base the pelicans oh my god i mean they were the top of the western conference at one point earlier this year and then the zion injury happens and then it's kind of downhill from there and then the you know they also spent a lot of money on cj mccollum who didn't fully come through for them last night mm-hmm. and you know a lot of reports are suggesting that Zion is quote nowhere near ready to come back. And once again, his conditioning is being questioned and that is got to be one of the toughest situations to be in. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's sad to me because I feel like it's a storyline that happens in the NBA. Uh, It's not that often, um, but you do have these incredible talents who are undeniable, whether it's Greg Oden or, mm-hmm. or, or Zion um, or Brandon Roy. You know, you have these guys that are special and it, it's inarguable. They're special. They're incredible. They're amazing. But they can't stay on the court uh, mm-hmm. for a reason. And, yeah, I think Zion's played something like 35% of his eligible games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's like that this, I think this was year four of his career. And, you know, that's not to say that he's not going to be able to like figure it out and play more games, but that's what you're, uh, you know, as a Pelicans fan, you, you don't get to even like imagine your ceiling without him as a healthy star. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, any Raptor fan, like they they know what Zion can do, you know what one of one of the most like like fierce performances I've ever seen. The like uh, I, the Raptors like like got dominated in a bunch of games this year. That Pelicans game was something else. Yeah, Zion was just out there killing guys, and he made all the Raptors look unathletic and weak. And it was some, it was like something to behold. Like it was absolutely insane. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I really feel for Pelicans fans. Like, I, I'm not sure what you do other than, you know, hope you, and pray, hope and pray. And you don't rush them. <laughs> and, you know, a guy like Embiid missed a lot of time uh, and required a lot of patience and has sort of, you know, figured it out to like how to stay on the court and, and be special. So 
yeah, like, I mean, you know, you don't give up on Zion, but it's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite this many years with Embiid, I don't think. But yeah, um, but you're right. Like, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, what you have to have your best case scenario optimism to be. But yeah, I agree. It's just heartbreaking. Like, there's no real debate around it. It's just it's sad. And we have seen his flashes of brilliance and. You know, I, I I get annoyed when people uh, just keep commenting on his weight because this is so much more than just a weight issue. Like yeah. that really bugs me. Um, this is so much more than that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I wish him the best, really. And that Pelicans team is actually really fun to watch. So, you know, I hope they're able to kind of like keep it together to some extent. So I'm, I was just curious Embiid, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, first season, missed the entire season. Yes. Second season, missed the entire season. Third season, played 31 games. Oh, Fourth okay. season, 63 games. And yeah, not, this year he played 66, but the most he's ever played is 68. Right. So Embiid's never even had a 70-game season. But like, I think he, what, like, like after those years, after that 31-game season, it's been at least... It's been at least the 50 like something. Yeah. Yeah. 50 something. So he's been like, you know, a big part of the team. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that they figure something out with, with Zion, like a, like a long-term strategy, like, like talk to Kawhi's people or something. You know what I mean? Like never. Yeah, play I back, mean, you know, yeah. Do, do what you got. Like, yeah. Like, like, and I agree by the way, the, the fitness thing, he's extremely fit. Like the weight stuff's, insane so like but i i think that people's bodies break down for like such a variety of reasons so that's it's shitty to hear that discourse um freddie looking at the western conference who do you think our western conference finals will be or who do you think will be there uh yeah this is this is tight there's a lot going on everyone full disclosure i didn't I did not prep Freddie with any of the topics yeah. tonight. So okay, uh, shout out to you for doing a great job. Thank you. I'm just you know I'm, I'm obsessed, so I feel like these other uh, the the answers are loaded in there anyways. But I mean, I've like every thought I have, I have a bunch of counters mm-hmm. um, to my own opinion. But uh, well, it's impossible. It's impossible to predict. I mean, this is an NCAA bracket this year. Yeah, so I'm sticking with. I had the. Uh, I made three bets. I mean, two buddies made. Uh, we bet on the Raptors over. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah, a lot then, of people did that though. And we also bet uh, uh, on the Nuggets winning the championship. So I, I don't Ooh. necessarily think the Nuggets are going to win the championship, but I think they're going to the finals. The other team, um, I think. Yeah, because it's a bracket and they they will play the winner of the Suns and the Clippers. I think the Nuggets will beat whoever that is. Um I think I'm going to go Grizzlies. Uh, I think I'm going to go Grizzlies and for me the series where I just have no idea what to think is Kings G State because I think really? I think G State has all the pedigree and all the winning know-how and all that kind of stuff, but I do think that the Kings are for real. Um, I guess yeah. I, I would I would pick G State. I would say like I guess G State. The six they just seven, have but... no playoff experience. Yeah, like there's gonna be a, a, a reigning curve. champ. Like it kind of sucks for them to actually get third in the West, yeah. and then your first round is against Golden State. Like that's kind of unfortunate. Um, fun narrative though. Oh, sorry. No, no. I was gonna, a fun narrative is that Coach Mike Brown also coached. Oh, that's right, the Warriors. So, so he really knows them. Like he really coached them. He was really there when, uh, you know. Um, he was there last season. Yeah. And I think was the head coach for a while when, when Steve Kerr had the back issue. Right. So right. like he knows the Warriors inside out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Um, I think, I, okay. I think, I think, I think, think okay. that I'm a believer in the Suns. Very fair. Yeah. I, I just, are awesome. it is one of those crazy anomalies 
that there really isn't any major like historical precedence for, but also they haven't lost a single game with Kevin Durant. And is that true? They haven't lost one. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. They haven't lost a single game with Kevin Durant. There haven't been that many games though. Still, that's still. But I don't think they've lost with Kevin Durant yet. Please, if I'm wrong about that, you can correct me um, because we are very off the cuff right now. But yeah, I don't think they've lost a game with Kevin Durant. And I'm not a huge believer in their like deep into the bench. But when you are in a playoff scenario and you're playing your top seven, your top eight, you know, there might, they might lose some minutes when certain Mm -hmm. players have to rest. But I, I don't know, man. When that team's on, they're on and they're hungry and they know it's now or never. Like they know they got to do it now. And I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think they could do it. I think they could go very far, if not all the way. Um, I am a biased believer in the Warriors. I don't think they're going to win a championship this year. I think they, um, were too sloppy for most of the season and the mm-hmm. lack of road wins is very concerning when you don't even have home court advantage. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if they face off against each other in the second round, that's going to be wildly entertaining. And who the, the well, Memphis, I think, yeah, it would be Grizzlies. Yeah. It would be Warriors Grizzlies uh, in the second round. Um, and I, I'm already assuming the Lakers are going to lose. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I actually think Phoenix could be either one of those teams. If it's Phoenix, I, if that's how the bracket works, because they would go against Denver in the second round. Yeah. So in your thing, you have Phoenix beating the Grizzlies. I should say, I think it's there. N- none of these teams won 60 games, right? So none. That, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a matchup game, and I think any of these teams can lose. I was a big believer in the Nuggets for so long, and then just in the last two weeks, I was like, I don't know. But yeah. I was a huge believer in the Nuggets. I mean, I you know I don't want to to switch to the East or anything, but like to me, the 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 Celtics and the Grizzlies are like the most complete teams in the NBA, like by a significant margin, like, mm-hmm, like in the West, I feel like it's really going to be like, who's healthy, you know, what's the deal? Like, does, does Chris Paul's hamstring hold up? Like whatever, like all, all that kind of shit's good. Like is Jamal Murray, does he have bounce? Is he like killing it? You know, I think that is really, really going to factor into who wins this wins the West the East, I think, is a little more, not a little more, it's a lot more like top heavy, where it's mm-hmm. sort of like they're, they're, the, they're, the yeah. East is more top heavy, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, like we can move on to the Eastern Conference. Let's be real. Uh, Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, and then everyone else is for show. Uh, okay, can I say that I believe in, in the Cavs? To do something, uh, I think to go to the second round, sure. Yeah, sure. I like, yeah, so who who would they? They would be up against the Cavs. Yeah, then then they go up against the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think the Cavs could beat the Bucks, but um, <laughs> but like, I do. Like, I think like, Donovan Mitchell's special. Like I, I will think say this: the, the Knicks Cavs series is going to be the only first round Eastern conference playoff series, even worth your time. No other Eastern conference first round series will be entertaining. My only counter to that in the, and this is more like hijinks fun territory is I think that the Nets Sixers is going to be hilarious. Um, (laughs) Like is Ben Simmons going to be there? Like what's going on? Oh, right. And then Harden, he won't be, he won't be there. Yeah. Will you just not show? Like, I don't think he's going to show up. I don't think he's going to travel with the team. Like that's a lot. Um, and I also think the Sixers, unlike the Celtics or the Bucks, like the Sixers, Sixers have this like Harden, you want to talk about pressure. Uh, you know, Harden has this pressure to like mm-hmm. finally break through and beads never make the conference finals. Right. So like the Sixers have this internal pressure 
where they could defeat themselves against anyone. Um, right. Mind so, you, they're, they're way better than they've ever been, I think. I'm just looking at the bracket now. Does that mean Milwaukee? No. I'm just trying to think. So it's Milwaukee and then uh, Miami or Chicago. Then they yeah. would face Cleveland. And then for Boston, they would face Philly or Brooklyn. That's right. So we still get a Milwaukee, Boston, Eastern Con- Conference, Conference Final. Which, which, which is just That's going to devastate mess. the 76ers, actually. Like, if that happens, that's going to devastate them. Talk about multiple Eastern Conference teams that are unhappy. That will devastate that team. And the Sixers, like, have they, how many times has Embiid lost to the Celtics? Like, you will put, you know, this is going way back earlier in the pod, but like, sort of this like matching up like big versus big. Bigs generally don't match up well against Embiid. You have to like use yeah. speed and space against him. Like, Horford has done very well against Embiid. Um, and guys like Tice have been, you know, been good against Embiid. Like, the Celtics have. I, I, I have no memory of Tice being good against Embiid, but I will take your word for like, it. Sorry, it's not, I will uh, take your word yeah, for it. It's not an individual. Sorry, it's absolutely not as Tice. <laughs> uh, listen, yeah, before I get roasted, like, but I mean, like, it's not like an individual thing. They just like the Celtics. They move the ball and they space you out, and I think they'll do that against the Sixers again. Like, I do not think the Sixers can beat the Celtics. Like, I absolutely don't think they have you know yeah they just don't have it um uh yeah i mean what is gonna happen to the 76ers is a future first take week-long debate like first the show espn first take week-long debate that they're already prepping for like no doubt like yeah i mean sure they'll fire doc rivers but then what well, I think isn't there the, the Harden rumors, right? That he wants to go back to Houston. So Harden's going to be like me and Nurse back at it. <laughs> Nurse never coached Harden, but no, but um, um, but he did coach their G League team. Yeah, yeah, he won two the Vipers. They won two titles. Yeah, so he does have that history with them. Um, and then maybe Nick Nurse wants to be with a younger team so he can prove that he can develop players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or just run these young guys into the ground one or the other probably yeah he, probably you know, the latter he, he wants to he wants to he wants to get Wemby and play him 47 minutes again <laughs> just completely destroy him um okay freddie in the east do you pick in milwaukee like everyone else uh i think i am i think i am picking the yeah Bucks i am like everyone else um, i think we could have a sun's bucks rematch Except now there's Kevin Durant in there. Oh, wow. That would be. And and to think that Milwaukee, you know, won that championship because that toe was on the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That and was... then and then that is what a, an incredible narrative that would be for Kevin Durant if he got to have that. And then and for the Suns to have that as well. I think we could have a Suns Bucks rematch. That would be insane. And then, you know, also, like, if the Bucs win again, what's... what's oh, the, that would the, be the, even crazier. Does Giannis they go order, won. like, a 100-piece instead of a 50-piece Nuggets? Yeah, you yeah, you'd have to, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of legacy shit on the line this this uh, this playoffs. It's going to be really, mm-hmm. really juicy. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I've, I've said it uh, before, but I think the playoff series that, you know, you know, if the Celtics beat the Sixers, like, it won't happen that we've all been robbed of is Sixers bucks. It just hasn't happened. It's never yes, lined up. That's right. And I want to see Embiid and Giannis go at it so bad. Mm. I would love that. Um, but it's just never lined up. Hasn't happened. And yeah, I actually think the Sixers yeah. would match up great against the bucks, like better mm-hmm. than they would against the Celtics. Right. Yeah. I, man, I'm already assuming the future, but that it would be a tough break for the 76ers. Uh, considering Joel seems to be uh, squeaking out as a MVP favorite now, just yeah, he right like he's gonna win at it. the right time. Yeah. So, which I'm fine with actually, like, I think I'm when we totally look fine with, I think when we look back at this era of basketball and Giannis, Giannis, Jokic and Embiid are MVPs. I think we're all going to feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, like, like I really do. I, 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 I'm pretty high on Giannis. Like, I think that 
either of the Jokic years. I feel like the, he, there's sort of some voter fatigue. Like he won two years in a row. Then Jokic won two years there in was, a row. There was voter f- fatigue now there for sure. Win. And if and either of them are going to get a third MVP, it should be Giannis. Yeah, like I think like Giannis has been like the third or runner up like in all in in those two years, and then this year is right in the conversation. You know, his team um, yet again finishes yeah. with the best record in the NBA, and even this year too, it's like uh, you know Middleton missed like the like you know almost like the what mm-hmm. half of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know why Giannis's MVP talk is so quiet to be honest, but. Um, I Milwaukee think, should do more for him. Remember when should. we wanted Fred Van Vliet to be an all-star and it was like Matt Devlin, Freddie all-star, Freddie all-star. Like you couldn't not hear it, you know, Scotty Roy for rookie of the year. Like yeah. just, he wouldn't shut up about it. Like we campaign hard. We're Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I love it. Okay. I mean, we I, campaign hard for our Oscar. I, I heard more Tatum for MVP talk then i heard Giannis for mvp and like tatum is is a brilliant top 10 player but he's not on Giannis's level no no i agree um yeah i think they just don't campaign enough honestly he's probably just too yeah. modest about it and i also think too it's like he it's something he's already accomplished mm-hmm. two times over and i think he's just focused on winning which is like fine and great yeah. so you think it's going to be the nuggets and the bucks yeah, I think Nuggets, Bucks, Nuggets win. Um, yeah, I but, but I, mean, I love that as a nerdy NBA mind matchup to see Giannis and Jokic go head to head like in a finals, mm-hmm. like that. I as as a nerd, I love. I don't think the NBA loves that from a marketing perspective, but no. as an NBA nerd, like I I'm there with you. But I think I I don't know. I think there's something juicy about my son's Bucks rematch. Oh, son's Bucks would be great. Like I, I just because yeah. then, then we'll have to revisit like the Chris Paul push. Yeah. On on Giannis, which I always just imagine like if that was reversed, like if if oh god uh, if if Giannis pushed Chris Paul, he would have like broken all of his bones. All, all and if he didn't, he would have sold it that way. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, he also knows how to campaign. Yeah. Um, Freddie, I think this brings us to our Raptors hottie highlight of the week. And honestly, it is going to go to, uh, DR DeRozan. Okay. Yeah. Cause she owns us. She owns us. Yeah, it's the new LeBronto. <laughs> she, she is the new, uh, te- what's his name? Larry Tenenbaum. Yeah. yeah. Who owns us. She's the new Tenenbaum. She owns, she, she just, she bought the team. It is what it is. She just owns us. I'm honestly proud of her. She showed up and she killed it. I'm really proud of her too, actually. I It reminded me of when I was a kid because I remember like going to a Raptors game when I was, this ages me, but whatever, like when I was really young and seeing Vince Carter and like when Vince was at the free throw line, I would scream at him and people around me would get mad because they're like, he's on our team. Why are you screaming at him? And I'm like, I need him to know that I'm here. Like, that's why I'm screaming at him. I need him to know that I am present. And I'm sure he did. And maybe he did. I mean, I was in the yeah. 300s, but I was a child and I didn't know any better. And yeah. I loved him. And he needed to know he needed to be aware of my presence. Yeah, no, that's that's a day Vince will never forget. yeah yeah you know so i get it i get it and then she's like demar derozan's daughter so she has like a million better excuses than i ever did but yeah she got to sit really close too so and she got to sit really close and it really counted but the energy i've had that energy before as a young girl, as a fan of basketball. So she owns us and she wins it. Um, okay, Freddie, thank you so much for joining me. This is like so late at night that we're doing this. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in this week. Just so you know, I will continue doing episodes throughout the playoffs. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if there's any Raptors developments, I will absolutely comment on them. Uh, I'm not going to do anything too like prediction-y, but I will do more like reaction-based stuff and uh, continue to follow the NBA. So if you 
are following the rest of the NBA playoffs, f- please follow them with me and with Freddie as well on Confederacy of Dunks. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Freddie, where can people find you if they haven't already on the Internet? Um, yeah, our, our podcast, uh, you know, uh, with the Sonar Network, um, uh, the pickup of WNBA podcast, the WNBA is uh, going to be just wildly entertaining this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, kicking off in, uh, I think, just under a month. So um, it's going to be good. And yeah, Confederacy of Dunks is my podcast on Raptors Republic. And you can find me on Twitter uh, or Insta. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Peace.